Welcome to episode seven of The Growth Equation, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from a badass human being to help you grow into your fullest potential. And I have a goal of helping 1 million people grow into the best versions of themselves. And I plan on doing that by marketing this organically, a old fashioned value exchange. So if you found this to be valuable, if you found this episode to change your perspective, if it made you even laugh a little bit as we shoot the shit here, share it with somebody. I'd greatly appreciate it. And today on the pod, I've got my man, James Peter Greco. James, Pete, how the heck you doing, man? What's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna let me go. All right, well, you know, I didn't get much of a of an instruction session here. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm going. I'm you doing, doing well today. How you doing? I'm just looking at the the equipment that we've got here. Yeah, it's just, it's this is pretty legit for you. I'm this impressed. official studio. We're I was expecting to be in a trailer somewhere, <laughs> Deland or something like that. There's just crack addicts <laughs> in the back. But yeah, Pete is actually a a client of mine. I met him and his significant other at an open house we were doing. We got shooting yeah. the shit. And they're like, dang, I kind of like this Leighton guy. Yeah, he was a pretty cool dude. I I was wrong, but I mean, <laughs> turned out to be a pretty cool dude. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I, the truth is, is that uh, we were out there. Actually, with, my parents were with us. They were looking at a house, and yeah. uh, and it was a really nice property. And we went over there, and I remember he said a swear word, and he was it was just you and I. You were just showing me for some reason. It was just you and I in the closet. Just, just trying to seduce you, you but, man. Just trying to yeah, seduce we, you. Yeah, we were. <laughs> And we were in the closet, and the way that you panicked when you said bad word, what did I, I say? What it was, honestly, probably like shit. Yeah, or something like something that. Dumb, yeah. And uh, I was like, "Wow, you know what? I can mess with this dude." <laughs> well, you have to keep it so PG when you're doing kind of like the. Well, you the don't know the vibe word. with the people yeah, that you're with. You don't know how they're going to react to that. Kind I've of had thing. older clients like scold me for calling them my friend. Yeah. So I'm like, I keep it really PG and vanilla till I get to know you a little bit. And then really? You're, then so you're they fine. literally, they, then you're so, fine. so these people were actually angry that you oh, yeah, them your friend. Helping them was build it, like a, it was like a respect thing or what? They were a lot older. They're retired. And I like, it was one of my first new build deals and I didn't know how to refer them. So I go like, hello, my friend. Good to see you again. And what'd they say? And they complain like, please don't call me my they friend. They complained to you or they went above to, your head? Above my head, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you literally got in trouble? Yeah. Was it your mom? Yeah, for sure. For sure. She's <laughs> and like, she comes to you and she said, what did she say? She's like, you need to stop calling people your friend. <laughs> oh anyway, yeah. That's just an anomaly. But yeah, Pete is actually an attorney. So I figured he could provide some value in the law world. And he also has a unique perspective. He's also an American loving two-way mother trucker, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to kind of chop it up. I think he has an interesting story of his background. He was once going to be a pilot and then show his gears. So yeah, well, let's just kind of jump right into yeah. it. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, obviously, as you can tell, Leighton and I have a, have a kind of a, I don't know, mess with each other type of relationship. But he's actually Super impressive as a realtor, I have to say. and uh, Custom and, home so, consultant. Well, right. whatever. I don't even know what that means. I think it's a made-up term. But <laughs> in any event, I think that he is really good realtor. So certainly got to boast about him in the event that, uh, you know, you're looking for a, a custom home consultant, whatever the hell that means. I might look at him. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe his mom, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, but nice. anyway, no, like like he said, yeah, I've been a, an attorney now for about, uh, let's see, just about eight years now. So I do kind of insurance defense work, represent companies in different kinds of uh, claims. Been doing that for a while now. Went to law school up in the D.C. area, moved down here during the pandemic and uh, been kind of rocking ever since. So, but like you said, I did kind of start off with a little bit of a different path. I was originally planning to be a, an airline pilot, 
I came down to Florida actually for college to do that and learn how to fly and then sort of changed my pathway a little bit, uh, ended up getting into airport management, airport operations specifically for a while, and then did that for a couple of years and then ultimately went up to law school and uh, yeah, I've been kind of doing it ever since, but yeah. yeah, I'm glad to be back in Florida. We were up there during the pandemic and- uh, Where are you up where, sorry? Technically we were in Arlington, Virginia okay. is where we were living, but DC area. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic, it was like, yeah, I remember my girlfriend and I were like wanting to go out, for instance, we, we'd go out for a walk, right? Like, you know, just to get some movement in, right? Yeah. And to their credit up there, they have some really nice bike paths, hiking trails, whatever, big, wide trails. And it was the type of deal where you would like be walking nowhere near somebody else. And like, they would like look at you like just for the fact that you happen to also be on the trail they were like going across the street like into traffic to avoid you and i was like you know what i get it people are scared they don't know what's going on everything else i mean this was you know towards the beginning and that's fine i mean my family was like kind of freaking out too and yeah um, everybody was they were just showing dead bodies on the news, <laughs> i know. You know well it's true so that was fine but then what ended up happening was time was going on and things weren't changing at all it was just as locked down as it was at the beginning. And ultimately my parents who lived down in the Southern part of the state, we ended up uh, driving down. We drove my car down, you know, cause we were working remotely obviously at that point. So we drove my car down, went down there. We were there for like, I don't know, probably almost a month because everything was open. We were able to do stuff. And I was like, okay, Florida, baby. Florida. Yeah. yeah. And I always wanted to move back to Florida. That was like the first bar exam that I took and stuff like that. But yeah, I was like, yeah, let's, let's what are we doing here? So we ended up finding this really good deal on a house, you know, two and a half percent interest rate or something like that. Sitting on gold. I know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've been here ever since. And uh, so it's been great. But uh, I guess the only th thing I was going to say to you all, to the listeners is, you know, the way that my pathway sort of progressed kind of demonstrates. And I tell you, I say this to a lot of people, I'm teaching a, a business law class to undergrad. So I, you know, I've been telling the students the same thing a lot too, but you know, you're not stuck in any one particular path. Like even if you are literally going down one way and you, for some reason feel, or you decide that you want to do something else, you're never locked into anything. So, cause it's called the growth equation. Okay. Correct. Your growth doesn't have to be in one direction. I mean, you can kind of go a variety of ways. And I think that as far as like moving yourself forward in your career or your pathway is all about what you want to do and what makes you happy because ultimately you could literally be a doctor and then one day be like, I know what, I want to go and be a professional golf instructor. And like, you can do that. I mean, you know, I did the whole thing. I still do aviation law, of course, but I mean, I was really like tied into this flying thing and I ended up making a change. So, you know, Leighton, if you decide you want to go and be a, a pilot here, <laughs> yeah. I go. yeah, let's kind of dive deeper into that. So you're in flight school. And then what kind of like shifted for you mentally or personally? And it's like, maybe this is not the direction I want to go in. Yeah. And let me make a pivot. What was that process like? Well, it's a good question. So, I mean, what was really happening was I was in college back in, I guess it would have been, well, I started college in 2009. And at that point in time, we were kind of still in the great recession was going on and everything else. And, and the market for airline pilots was very, very bad. It was like literally you could not get hired and you were going to have to be a flight instructor for like a long time because there was just no other job that you could really have since the airlines weren't hiring because nobody was really flying as much. And then the sort of the cherry on top was that there was a, a crash, sort of a high profile crash that occurred in the last 
commercial aviation, like actual like crash that we've had in this country, where they decided that they were going to change the law to where now if you wanted to be an airline pilot, you had to have at least 1500 hours of flight time to do that. And it was going to just add so much more time that I already didn't really want to be a flight instructor. I was like, I got to use even longer. Yeah. So I was like, I started looking at other pathways and I did an internship at an airport up where I grew up in Connecticut doing this airport operations stuff. And I was like, you know what? This is like a really kind of cool alternative because you're right out there with the planes and everything. But it also kind of let me pull from like, I come from like a family of like lawyers and business people. So I feel like I have that in my head and it kind of like allowed me to pull a lot from some of that stuff because it wasn't just like, like focus on flying the airplane and stuff like that. It was also like, okay, we got to operate this airport. We've got it, which is ultimately the day of like a business. So you mm-hmm. have to have that experience. And I was like, well, this is a cool way to like link everything together. And then subsequently it was like that same thing, doing that same thing is kind of what pushed me into law school because I was like, wow, you know, it's kind of cool working with all these regulations, all these laws that apply to airports. I was like, well, you know, maybe I kind of like link that all into a career and that's kind of what I ended up doing. So. Okay. So just to make sure I'm regurgitating this correctly. But you always do to your credit, you, every single time I tell you something, when I call you on the phone and I give you a new direction with our house search, what do you say? Let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. <laughs> sales 101, hire yeah. me as your sales Yeah, coach. seriously. This dude literally looks like whatever the textbook is for salespeople, he literally follows it to a T. I did take you, some sales training. You do yes. not deviate from the, the rubric at I, all. I want to understand your reasoning yeah. and your why behind what you're saying here. <laughs> but just, just to make sure the listeners are understanding as well, you're going through flight school and you're kind of seeing the nuances like, this is going to take even more time for me to get that 1500 hours. And is that when you shifted into the management of the yeah. airline? And from that, you're like, I kind of see it was more macro thinking rather like, let me fly a plane, and get a paycheck. It's more like, I see how the business is run. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of expanded your horizon. Like, well, maybe I could do this for in, in the law set. Yeah, as well. I, I think that's a pretty good summary. I mean, ultimately, I love flying and I would have been really happy to be an airline pilot. Yeah. But I do think especially seeing Larissa, my girlfriend who does it for a living, I think that I do see how I could potentially not feel completely mentally fulfilled doing Mm -hmm. that because there is a sort of a level of repetition and you're kind of just following this procedure and you're doing it over and over again, as opposed to kind of the strategic and analytical thinking that I do in my current role. And then I was able to get exposed to doing the airport stuff, which I think ultimately is really important to me. But it, you know, it's interesting because it's one of those things, and I don't know if any of you all could potentially relate to it, but I would truly, I'm not even exaggerating. Like when I was probably three years old is when I was like, I want to be an airline pilot. And that was my entire thing all the way through really when I went to college. But it shows you how sometimes even something that you know a lot about like that can potentially like your, your views on that can potentially change once you actually really start going down that road, because you see things that even as much of a geek as I was just like studying airplanes and thinking about airplanes, like when I actually started doing it for real, it was like put put a whole different perspective into what I was like experiencing, what I was thinking. And, you know, yeah. that's kind of like you're saying, that's when I sort of looked out elsewhere. I think that's applicable to almost any industry though. Like the grass is always greener analogy. Like it looks great from afar and then you get in, you're like, 
holy shit, this yeah. is actually a lot of work and maybe I don't love this entire business or yeah. certain aspects of this career. So, Well, how did you, I mean, and I don't know if you've spoken about this, but your path, I mean, you've never really shared with me exactly how you got to where you are. Are you interviewing me now? I, I am. Okay. No, because, you know, now I know that you, unless you push the pause button, which I'm going to take the mouse away from you. <laughs> I would like to know, I mean, like, seriously. So, I mean, is your path similar? Is this something, that, I don't think this is something that you always thought you were going to end up doing. Real estate or podcasting? That's a good question. No, I'm real estate. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always liked like looking at houses. Like when I was younger, I had to go and get in the car like, mom, can we go look at ugly houses? Like look for foreclosures, look for teardowns. And so like when I moved to Florida and I was like seven or eight, we used to drive around and like look at abandoned houses and like hop fences and go look at foreclosures, oh, nice, yeah. stuff like that. Houses with blue tarps on them, like stuff like that. And as I got older, like I never really thought about it or put two and two together. But as I saw my mom's kind of career or entrepreneurship journey grow, I kind of saw some value in what she was doing there. And so when I was 18, I went and took my first half of the real estate license. Like, I'm going to be a realtor. And I passed the first half. And then like I started sitting in open houses like as I was preparing for the state exam. And I'm sitting in this house in Winter Park. And my first ever time, and I'm like 18, I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And my mom set me up. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to go run real quick to the store like to get something. And she sends her friend in and her friend comes in here and asks me like these ridiculously hard questions <laughs> that no normal person would yeah. know unless you're in real estate. Like, yeah, what's the price per square foot for the street? Or like- Did I'm, you know the answer? Absolutely not. And I shit the bed and I was so <laughs> fucking nervous. And then from that day, I'm like, I'm never doing real estate. This is awful. Yeah. So long story short, I ended up knowing I wanted to be in sales. So I finished my AA and I'm like, I'm done with school. Like, I hate this. I love to learn. I hate the way modern college is being taught. So I went into a, a sales role at a technology company, SaaS company, learned a little bit of sales skills. And then from there, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of figuring this sales stuff out. Now I can make $1,000 a sale or I can make upwards of $100,000 a sale. Which one would make more sense? Yeah. So I came back to the Hope Group, started as a marketing intern. Now I've been licensed about two years, two and a half years. And I don't know if I'll be doing this forever. I love it. But I think eventually I'd like to just become an investor. And, or a full-time podcaster. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I yeah. do love this space as well or something in the fitness industry. But Yeah, well, you could do that too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listened to your podcast about the fitness a couple of weeks ago. That was, okay. that was a good one. Yeah, I think you got one and got your blood work done after yeah, that too. Yeah, I did. I did. We got, we got it figured out. Okay. So you're, a, you're moving and grooving now? Yeah, it was, a good, it was good. And I needed, trust me, I needed for many reasons, not the least of which was, you, know, you remember I had my little kidney stone incident no, too. Yeah. So. That, that was, was a shitter. That was, I don't know if anybody's ever had one of those, but let me tell you what. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I'm pretty pain tolerant, but that was yeah, I can't even, out I, of control. Don't they say that's like equivalent to like women getting Yeah, birth? that's what I, that's what the doctor told me. I was like, well, I mean, because. And for reference, you really just pee out a stone. Like correct? a physical piece of like, cal I don't know, like it's some kind of like a calcium deposit or something yeah. like that. And you literally basically just wait for it to, to work itself. Well, I, from what I understand that there are some that are so big that they actually have to like laser them so that they like, they break up to oh small enough God, pieces. Dude. But yeah, dude, it was, it was terrible, but we're good because it, but you know, health is something that you're, I know you're really into health and mm -hmm. I mean, and I, res it's one of the few things, just kidding, that I actually respect about yeah, you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you kind of need a little bit of a like a kick in the butt to really like start looking at stuff seriously like that. And to me, it was always like obviously like I go to the gym and I'm going to get bigger and like all this other stuff. But it was like a 
I wasn't looking at it like holistically, you know, like not, mm-hmm. not, I don't mean like health holistically, but like I wasn't looking at the whole process from a bigger picture. I was like, let me just focus on getting big, eating lots of protein, protein, all this stuff, protein powder. And then I was like starting to gain weight in the like ways I didn't want to. And then the kidney stuff, I was like, you know, that's why I thought the podcast that you had the other day was, was really good because it really is right. I mean, like it's, it's a multifaceted system. 100%. And the way that you do the, like the 75 hard thing. I mean, yeah. 74, 73 today. Yeah. 73, 73. Have you done your two workouts today? Uh, I hit chest and back this morning. Now, what are you doing after though? Golf. Golf doesn't count. Of course it does. It says who? It says me. Does the 75 hard panel support that? <laughs> there is no panel. Is there a panel? I want to know who, who organizes 75 Andy hard? Frisella. Shout out Real AF. So he just created the whole concept? He did, yeah. Um, we're, we're digressing here. Yeah. We're right. digressing. <laughs> but no, absolutely. I think it's like any journey or anything that you dip your toe in. It's like you expect one outcome and then as you learn more about what it is, mm-hmm. it branches off into a million other things. Like yeah. similar to you, like I started working out because I was the skinny kid. And yeah. I wanted to get more attention from girls. And like from that. I still don't get any of that. No, so. absolutely not. But <laughs> Yeah, from that, it's like shoulder injury. Let me learn more about my body, nutrition. That's right. And now I'm at the point where I don't even really work out for the physical aspects anymore. I work out because it makes me feel really good and like well, did mentally you, sharper when I'm working out. Did your shoulder injury happen at a point like did that also was that also sort of a turning point for you as far as how you like look at health or was that kind of just something that happened along the way? Kind of just happened along the way. Part of it was genetics, and then but what the, was it again that you had like a shoulder tear, uh, labrum tear with oh, yeah. multi-dimensional instability in my. Uh, my joints. So yeah. essentially my ligaments were overstretched from working out. Uh, it's just that that's genetics. Oh yeah. So okay. I, my shoulder was hypermobile. And then on top of that, having a labrum tear, I was just constantly in pain. Like I was in shoulder pain every day for probably six years. Really? Yeah. And I just worked out anyway. And then I got to the point after my first round of 75 hard, I need to get this fixed. Like, Oh, so this was after the first round, the first time you did. 75. Yeah. Cause the majority of the first round of 75 hard, I was in pain every day. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. I, dude, I don't know if I told you, but I think I did tell you. But my girlfriend Larissa's family has a lake house in Minnesota, and her uncle, who's super funniest dude ever, but he like, you know how you could put like a tube behind a boat on a lake, you know, mm-hmm. you sit in the tube, and this tube was like the most fortified, like it actually had seats in it. It wasn't like an inner tube that okay. was just being pulled behind. But but this dude was intent on getting me off of this tube when we're going, right? And yeah. so I hung on for a good probably 10, 15 minutes and I'm just like, it's going up. He's making sharp turns. The tube is like kind of going sideways across the wake. Oh, and yeah. he's, he's ripping just, your ass. He's yeah. ripping it. Yeah. And eventually, I think what had happened was another boat was so there was like basically two wakes involved, the wake from his boat and then a passing boat. getting some white caps too. Yeah, yeah, literally thoughts. white caps. Yeah. And, it, and the thing went up and then it started to like tilt. Like, you know, it's like start. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to let go because I just was like the impact of like landing back on this tube. And her cousin was a big dude, kind of like similar to your stature was in the tube with me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to mess around with that. So I was like, I just said, let go. Yeah. It was a mistake because I let go and – Ever since my neck, I'm pretty, I don't know what it is that I did, but there's something going on in my neck where it's like goes down my arm. Like, like you got some nerve pinch or something. Yeah, yeah. dude. So I, I don't know, but that's why I, it's not a fun, but you know what? I'm just going to look at it holistically. 
I'm just going to try to hope that it goes away on its no, own. No, go see a chiropractor. Yeah. Well, I actually, I'm going to do a chiropractor. I have a shoulder guy that could help you out, too. Oh, yeah? Probably just a nerve pen, my guess. Are you a doctor? I am. Dr. Hope. Well, dude, I'm, I'm proud of you for finishing the 75 hard. I mean, honestly, that I feel like that goes to commitment, though. I mean, you have to commit to something. I, I truly believe that there is, like, whether it's a person, an activity, like, you have to have at least one thing in your life that you truly commit mm-hmm. yourself to. Because if you just even and, and what I mean by that is like you can dabble in a thousand different things like you can play a little bit of golf. You yep. can maybe go to the gym a couple of days of the week. You could have a job that you just kind of put the bare minimum in or whatever. But like whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's some kind of a pastime. Yeah, I believe that there's at least one thing and maybe more depending on the person. But I think that everybody should have at least one thing that they really just go hundred percent. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Because I think if you don't have that, well, I'm not saying that like, there's something wrong with you if you don't have that, but I think that it serves to ground you if you have that, because you know that like, that's kind of like your constant thing that you're focused on mm-hmm. and everything else that's going on in, in the world can kind of focus around that, but you have that yeah. sort of, it's that your boundaries, it's your non-negotiables. It's like kind of where you draw your line in the sand for me personally happens to be fitness and mm-hmm. i think if you don't commit yourself to something that 100 percent, you're never going to be really happy yeah opinion. i think that's true and so like you know just in a way here you know you and i played golf together and you know I'm, I'm not great at golf by any stretch of the imagination but like and i but it's something i do to enjoy it but yeah. like one of the things stiff, brother you look stiff out there well, you know what i'm gonna see how you do after he's you know yeah anyway anyway but i i feel like that's an example of something that like I could put more mm-hmm. effort on. And like I was saying, it's literally on the way here, I've like kind of taken another step and I'm going to start doing this golf tech thing, which I've heard some pretty good things about, especially just sort of swing dynamics and stuff like yeah. that. And, you know, I think that like you got to, it's like one of those things that I've been kind of like on the back burner, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm like, I want to just start putting these things forward, you know, and actually so, start focusing. So follow up question. Yeah. What do you put a hundred percent into in your life right now? I mean, there's multiple, I think there's, there's two things that I'm putting okay. a lot of time in. The one true constant is I really do put a ton of time and effort into Larissa for sure. I mean, she, you know, is okay. a real, probably at the top of like, as you know, I mean, dealing with us with the real estate thing, whether yeah. it's, you know, her changing her Everything mind on something, yeah. you know, so, so there's that. But I, I think that there's a difference between putting your focus in a person versus like in a, like an activity or a thing that you do. And so I would almost say that in addition to that, I work for me and maybe that's not a great one to have, but as a lawyer, it's kind of like a little bit inevitable that, you know, you find yourself in the shower or like waking up in the middle of the night thinking about a case and you just like write something mm-hmm. down, you know, and it's not great. I'm not and that. That's probably a mental health a component to that. But I, I mean, so at all. I yeah. mean, that's that. And, and it's almost something that's like not necessarily intentional. But like if you if you are like a good lawyer, I think, or like you, like you, you kind of that just ha- comes with the territory, you yeah. know. So but I, I am trying to like we we're just talking about with the health thing. I'm really trying to not just focus on the going to the gym and, you know, building muscle and all that other stuff. Like I I want to look at health as a bigger thing and like get like, you know how you do stuff like, I mean, you do stuff like cold plunges and you, I mean, you just like all these things that I see you post as much as I give you crap about them. Like I actually do really like look up to it because I don't know that I would do 75 hard, not only because it seems very hard as the name implies, but, um, 
it does take a lot of time, but I think that the principles that you can take away from that, like for instance, the, the determination and making sure that you do things, but also like cutting out alcohol and, and like eating mm-hmm. better and like all that stuff, like those, like in that screenshot that you always post where you put the X's on it, like underneath it, it lists a couple things, yeah. like all that stuff I think is huge. I think it's a hundred percent applicable to other areas of my life, which is why I do it yearly. It's just, Once a year, huh? Uh-huh. It's wow. like, it's a, uh, it's a disciplined muscle that you have to continue to train. And I notice I am like, when I'm on the program versus off of it, my life just feel, I feel more fulfilled while I'm on it. And I feel like the discipline translates to other areas of my life mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. whether that's with work or anything else. But yeah, I'll probably be doing this for the rest of my life. Once, Once a year. year. Once a year. So when will be the next, when's next year's? Uh, you should do it around summertime. Oh, so it's up to you when you do it. Oh, yeah. This is so, only step one of four. There's a full live hard program. So should we make a commitment in front of all the the uh, the listeners here that next summer I'll do it with you? Yeah, I mean I tried to get you to do it this year, but uh, we don't have your, your everybody for the record. Layton's sweaty hand is in mine right now, and we have just actually my hand is the one that's sweaty. Um, Moving back to your your career here, I want to make this somewhat more biteable, bite size or applicable. If you had some advice for someone that has interest in becoming a lawyer or is an early on in their, mm-hmm. their law career, what are like three tips or three best advice you give that person? If somebody wants to go to law school or they want to be a lawyer or a, they are a lawyer, but new into their career. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a good question. I think if you're, I think the answer sort of depends upon where you are in your life and haven't gone to law school yet, or you're in college or you just think you want to be a lawyer. I would say that the, the biggest thing that you can do is to, understand sort of the the things that are going to be important, the things that they tell you to like focus on, like people oftentimes talk about doing debate and doing all these things like that. And when you're younger kids and like make, debate makes you a good lawyer. Honestly, you know what makes people a really good lawyer? Because guess who pays? Who Guess who pays lawyers' bills or clients? And you have mm-hmm. to be able to develop and c- maintain clients. So the best thing that you can do is like be as good as you can from a social standpoint, which is something a lot of people don't think about. Because if you're just kind of like a nerd sitting there typing all day long, you know, introverted, which I'm introverted too, although I push myself to not be, that's something that I think a lot of people don't say, which is which is one okay, thing. Okay, so people skills are people more skills are, are under um undervalued undervalued when when they're talking because everybody's always like oh you need to be good at analyzing things and go into debate teams and like arguing and no at the end of the day you have to be able to to get clients and maintain clients so i'd say the people skills the second thing i would say is if you care about what school you're you're going to go to for law school i would say that you basically need to focus on preparing for the entrance exam as soon as you can. Like if you know that you're going to do this, you take what's called the LSAT. I would say you take that LSAT and start preparing for the LSAT as soon as you possibly can, because the more time that you have to prepare for it, the better. Because what I ended up doing, because like I was saying earlier, it wasn't like a super big intention of mine to go to law school. I kind of just did all this at the last minute, mm-hmm. but I was up against people who had been no, had known their whole lives that they wanted to be lawyers and they've been doing this preparation along. And those are things that you can do even in college, you know, you can start working on that stuff. So I would say for sure to focus on that like sooner rather than later. So I think the third thing would be where you want to live for your life is, is going to be an important consideration to make because at the end of the day, I noticed when I went to law school up in the D.C. area, where somewhere I never planned to live, 
when you go to law school, while they're preparing you to be a lawyer anywhere, although you've got to take the bar exam in law school, like the area that you live and the area your law school is in is the law that they're going to teach you. And the people who come to visit the school are like in network with you are people who like work and practice in that area. So for me, when I wanted to be in Florida and I was in DC, it was like this, it was a, it was a struggle. So I think the, the last piece of advice I'd give, which is hard to get necessarily come up with when you're, you know, a college student perhaps, but when you're looking at law schools, keep that in mind. Where you go to law school is going to be important to where you want to practice because it's going to help you when you're in school already be where you want to be networking with people. The law is going to be the law that you need to know for the bar exam, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to go to law school? I sure hell not. I'll pay someone like you to represent me. Yeah. All right. Law school is just something that I have zero interest in. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I just had someone walk in the studio here. Yeah. Love that.